Hello, runners. Uh, this is Coach Bala here with uh, yet another episode of uh, podcast with runners that we I do for uh, for some time now. Those of you who are uh, listening and tuning in for the first time, um, you should uh, uh, you should definitely check in on other episodes that we have published thus far. Essentially, the goal here is uh, I take an opportunity to connect with fellow runners, friends. uh who have been in the runners i program or who have been instrumental in helping runners i program outside in uh some celebrities uh, who have done some really good uh, uh you know achievements in the past or even fellow coaches so i've uh, sort of had an opportunity to chat with so many of them and the idea being learning comes from all directions and this is about sharing and learning from others experience so that's really how this podcast came into being and this time uh i am super excited to not only uh, welcome a good friend friend an amazing runner but i would say a celebrity in her own right um and uh, this is i'm welcoming her for the second time in a podcast i think this is the first time you are actually inviting uh, having a podcast for the second time it is with extreme pleasure and an honor to invite my good friend sonia back to our program welcome sonia thank you so much bala i'm super excited to be here and uh i i'm honored for um me to be doing this for the second time but my journey just like many other runners listening to this begin with being part of your program and being part <laughs> of this group so i'm super excited though to come oh, back so yeah we are so glad um boss there is so much to talk <laughs> and i as you can see i'm i i normally it doesn't take much to get me excited but this time i have a lot of reason to be excited and that's what we're going to do so sonia i know we have talked uh, before as well but uh, for many audience probably they might have not seen the first uh, uh, episode of the podcast that i had with you so why don't we start off with maybe just a couple of minutes on who you are a little introduction about you as a person before we get to the other interesting things please sure yeah absolutely so i i um you know my name is sonia ahuja i uh, live in uh, california uh, near los angeles um i have uh, one daughter a uh, 15 year old uh, who has been part of uh, the running club as well and as well as my husband um i uh, just a little bit about myself i came to united states uh, from india where i grew up um, spent 25 years in uh, new delhi and came here um, as a software engineer um you know back in 1990s actually i lived in east coast uh, close to where you are bala yeah, in new yeah. jersey yeah. uh first first a uh, few years and um you know i think i think over a period of time just uh, started to go, enjoy uh, outdoors and running um and i still remember the time when i ran 3 miles and i used to wonder like you know uh, this is like such a long distance for me right i mean <laughs> uh, and then um i think it kept you know kept moving uh, in your career you know i moved to then west coast um uh, moved to san diego uh, the weather was amazing there just uh, met few running runner friends uh, and started to kind of um, you know enjoy enjoy more of that and spend more time uh, so yeah that's a little bit about myself it's awesome and uh, your daughter uh, and your husband also ran uh, with us in ranasa isn't it uh, they were part of one of yes. the seasons doing 5k's 10k's um, so i mean yes uh, so audience this is a running family 
And as Sonia said, I mean, she started off 25 years in Delhi. I never thought about running. I remember in the last podcast yeah. you were explaining, never even thought about running. It's not as if she was particularly like huge into running even from, from her young age or anything. In fact, I remember you said an interesting story. It was like your one of your friends were running and just to be with, uh, with uh, the friend circle, you decided to run or something like that is how you started to run. So motivation was nothing to do about running. It was about just be with my friends. So I let me continue to run was the story. And one thing led to another, as it happens with all of us, you know, mm-hmm. it's just slowly the community, the friendship and uh, the running is a very positive sort of uh, activity. And she experienced it. And Sonia, you must have done multiple half marathons and full marathons. I'm assuming the early stages of your running, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, interestingly, I never, um, I, I ran you know, distances like seven miles was kind of my longest time was like I ran seven miles, probably the longest, right? When I moved to California, that's when I started to my first marathon was actually not very long ago. If Mm -hmm. you will not believe that it was, I would say 2015 or something 16. So it's like, um, you know, a little over 10 years. um, when I rest my first marathon, right? And obviously, that's a history now. when I look back or you know, how (laughs) that came about that's awesome so first marathon you did and i think you i think you did a really you liked it i remember then you started mm-hmm. race and i think you even qualified for boston and you actually ran boston marathon as well isn't it yes yes i qualified for boston uh, actually i had a toe fracture um right before boston so um, many people were questioning or i was even questioning whether i'll be able to do it or not um but just like anything, as they say, 80% of it is mental. And, uh, you know, at that point, my mindset was just go and show up on the start line and we'll see what comes along. You know, if you <laughs> feel pain, take a painkiller, keep moving. I'll walk if you needed to and see where I finish. And I ended up finishing in four hours, 15 minutes with a toe fracture. So I was I was pretty happy with that. Oh, my goodness. Guys, in case, in case you missed that out. She qualified <laughs> for Boston. That means she ran a killer race, some some other race. I think what you ran sub 3.30 or something to get qualified. Is yeah, that... three hour, 25 minutes. Yeah, something so, like that. So is that your PR in full marathon? Or do you yes. have... So that's a No, PR. that's that's it. Right. See, so she got a PR 3.25 in some other full marathon and got qualified for Boston, which itself is a pretty incredible thing. And then she has this toe fracture. And then you know what? Any other lesser human beings would just say, uh, and it sucks, bad luck, and let's just forget about it. But, you know, Sonia, who, who, when did I tell Ronia is uh, any uh, lesser human being or even a human being? She's a superhuman being. So she said, okay, toe fracture, then I can maybe walk it out, if at all. Or I go slow. And her slow was four hours and what, 10 minutes, did you say? Yeah, 15 minutes. <laughs> four hours of paper. She just went and completed uh, Boston. But guys, just you see the pace at which I'm talking right now. I came to Boston in the first three minutes. In other podcasts, probably that would have been the finale because here we have so much other things to talk, so much more to talk about. So let's move away from the silly Boston marathons, right? Um, so Sonia, finished Boston. And then what was like, what are your thought processes in long distance running? Where did it take you next? Long distance running. You know, uh, so what happened was after running a few marathons for me, um, you know, I didn't feel too tired. Uh, I would, I would come back, cook, cook lunch, or go for a walk, or maybe get up in, you know, uh, in the evening again, um, and go for maybe another run. So I started to think that 
you know, I, I just got so curious about like, you know, should I be recovering and resting or should I just, if I feel like I can run more, you know, is it okay to get up in the evening again and go for another run when you just finish a marathon in the morning, you know, so that, that curiosity of mine really pushed me to say, okay, what if I do longer distance and see at what point do what my body says, just stop and rest. Like now you can't do that anymore. Um, and, and you will not believe that, uh, or you will, you, you have done a lot of research, Bala, the, um, I, I still have to feel yet have to have that feeling where I finish and say, okay, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Um, because the moment you reach that, you start to get curious and you say, okay, how, what, what next? Like what next? Right. So that led me to then to answer your question, um, start looking at uh, ultra runs. And I still remember, I, uh, I would never forget Unni, uh, who is part of our group. And, um, I was talking to him and he, he said ultra, and I didn't even know what ultra meant. I said, what does ultra mean? <laughs> he said, you know, he'd explain me and, and I said, oh, so maybe that's what I need to do. I, I should try an ultra and see what happens. Um, so I signed up for a few 50K, 50 milers and, you know, and, and kept pushing. And, um, you know, most, most recently I've done a few hundreds and over 100 miles. So, so yeah, still enjoying and still keep going. It's like, I think you have a Tara Umra gene blood in your, <laughs> in your ancestry or maybe you have directly come from Mexico. Your dad must have. You know, it doesn't, hasn't told you properly. Maybe they picked you up from the Thara Umra tribe, born to run tribe where, you know, running doesn't really exhaust you. It actually energizes you. And which is, you know, audience. She's saying all of this matter of factly because it is matter of factly for her. It's not like, you know, she, 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 that's how it is. That's how Sonia is. Like she just goes, go for the run. She'll say, okay, let me keep running till I get exhausted. And then she realizes she's not getting exhausted at all. So, you know what, let's keep going then. And she keeps going like a, like a lady, a Forrest Gump, you know. So, I mean, that's incredible. And I think Uni and uh, when, when Uni gave you that idea, by the way, folks, Uni is also another ultra marathoner amongst us. He's also used to be in one of the seasons. This season is joining again. Um, so, Uni, uh, I, was it the same mountaineering trek that me, Uni, you and all were together in Swiss? Is that when this happened? Yeah, yeah, we were in Swiss Alps. You were there, absolutely. And, um, you know, we were talking about running. And that's when Uni's, uh, I think you had said, oh, but Uni, Uni actually runs ultra. I'm like, like, you almost said as if like, he's this like celebrity runner. And I'm like, just not nobody. I'm like, okay, so what, I what does this ultra mean? You know, I, and, and then he explains me, I say, huh, if he can do it, then probably I can do it. Because I... You know, so I came back, then started to look at ultras, and that's I remember that was right after that trip is when I signed up for the first ultra. That that's oh, my memory. Oh my god! So that is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, around 2017, 2018, is that right? Uh, around that time frame, I think, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So here we are, 2018. She uh, or 2017, she gets introduced to this concept of ultra. It's not even she doesn't even know that there's something called ultra marathon exists. Somebody introduced to her and that somebody was Uni here. And then she goes for a 50K. She likes that. She's not getting tired. Then she goes for 50 miles. Nope. She's not getting tired. Then like that. And now she goes into the 100 mile category, which is itself is just mind blowing distances. So how many 100 mile ultras you have done, uh, Sonia, till now? So I've done 400 miles. Um, uh... 400 miles. So what are those races? Because for the for the less informed like where are those 100 mile races typically happens 
Yeah, so most of the 100 miles are trail runs. So my first one was in uh, Northern California, uh, actually in the middle of, it's near uh, Mount Shasta, if you um, recall that part of our trip. Uh, it was um, during winters, you know, snow, um, very different. The, the thing about it is ultras is each ultras can be significantly different. So it's not like you train for one and you say, okay, I can now just go and kill the second one. The terrain can be so like, diverse and different uh so this the first one was like mountains hills very cold snow um so i completed my first hundred in like 28 hours i would i would say um roughly continuous running 28 hours of continuous running isn't it yeah continuous running yeah there's no sleep nothing i change shoes and socks um and i would take uh, a little bit uh five to ten minutes lunch break uh but that's it like no sleeping or no longer breaks what about restrooms and such? Then, if there is a break, you take a restroom there. Restroom break. Yeah, quick, quick restroom break, just like you probably will do in marathons. Got it. And then just keep going. That's it. Twenty yes. hours, no sleep. Just keep going for twenty hours. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> and do you have any support staff in this when you do these hundred miles? How does that work? So some some races have aid stations and what they call drop bags. Um, so you could you could prepare a bag uh, with some food, with you know change of clothes or um, socks. That's highly recommended. Actually, uh, that's one of my lessons learned. Um, so I the first hundred, I I was so um, I guess call it naive or uneducated. I was like, okay, if I can do full, I I don't need any support. So I decided to do it solo, all by myself with no crew, no support. I, I did had a couple of drawbacks, which I highly miscalculated um, because I was ahead of my schedule. So, you know, I dropped as dropped my headlamps. When it gets uh, night, you, you had to drop cold, uh, another layer of clothes uh, for the nighttime running. Um, so all that you, you know, pack in a bag, you tell them, um, you know, where you want it to be. Uh, there are certain uh, stations where the drawbacks are allowed. And you just pick up your bag and change and you keep going. So my first one was unsupported. Um, I learned a lot of lessons uh, from that. But my next three were uh, supported by a crew um, because I, I just felt that it's much more efficient um, and, and effective if you have someone to support you. So and then these crew are like what, family and friends or there are like some professional crew supporters that you pay for and then they help you out? You know, uh, you would be amazed at how much volunteers people there are. I uh, I have paid to crew just because I think it's more courtesy. Uh, you know, if someone is coming, my second run was in Miami 100. So I, I didn't uh, want to take my friends from California. It was too much time commitment on anyone to go from, you know, yeah. all the way from this coast to another coast. So I ended up just posting on that website, the uh, race page um, saying, you know, I don't have any support. I either do unsupported um, or if someone is available, I'm happy to kind of, um, you know, get someone's help. And I was amazed at how many people messaged me back and said, you know, they were willing to support me. Uh, so I just had chat with one guy, um, you know, very old guy, in fact, uh, and uh, he showed up that morning is the first time we met. We coordinated our logistics and he was amazing. And that run was the one, if you recall, I actually was the overall winner, which was I had never, ever thought my second hundred mile, I would win overall and beat all the guys. <laughs> the oh, most overall, like ac yeah. across gender category. Oh, my goodness. That would be that would have been very special for you, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, and I God. and I think the crew was a very important factor in making that happen. Right. He, he was right. And what? How long it took for you to finish to become the overall winner of the hundred miles race? That was I finished that in twenty one hours. So you went from twenty nine or something you said in the first one to twenty one hour hundred miler. So yes, if you had a sleep in the twenty four hour period, at least a little bit, you could have caught that sleep, I guess. <laughs> So uh, this crew is like, what do they do? Do they run along with you and support you? Or what is the crew's help here, basically? So there are two different roles, right? You have a crew uh, and then you have pacers. So crew are typically, um, you know, they can be the pacer or they, they can be the people who just uh, keep your supplies with you. So they, they would have a vehicle typically, you know, uh, that will either uh, go um, next to you literally behind you you know some races will say they have to be behind you for safety reasons or uh, other reasons um and and some races they would have checkpoints where the crew will just drive and get all the stuff in the car uh, to you so you know all your supplies um are with the crew so crew are basically your support team it can be one person it can be four people it can be more and then you have pacers pacers are kind of a subset of crew um or a different version of crew that are people who actually run with you. So you you have both choice. And again, some races will allow pacers um, after like, you know, 60, 70 miles. Some allow uh, from the beginning. Uh, my latest run was like, they didn't allow any pacers until like 70 mile, I believe. Wow. Okay. So you finished the Northern California 100. Then you went and did a Miami and one across a gender group, another 100. Where was the other 200s uh, you did? So the third one was back in California in uh, Sacramento, um, Rio del Gallo. That's um, uh, actually a, a very popular one. So I finished that in 22 hours. Um, you know, that was all all during thunderstorms. So it was a different, again, as I said, you know, the conditions were very different. First snow, second humid and hot like hell. Third was all raining and thunderstorm throughout yeah. and all muddy trails um so i finished that in 22 and and the fourth one is what i just did in brazil so 135 which we, talk about, which, we which i want to talk to you so <laughs> you finished all these 300 miners uh three different terrains uh, all kinds of things and by the way one one question before we talk about your the latest sure. one the uh when you're running like in a marathon you know you have all these crowds and nice placards and uh, you know your roads are like, given to you and even then people sometimes get lost. But when you're running in a trail, what is the equal? Are there any crowd sharing you or you're living, running alone in the darkness inside a mountain or something like that? Uh, yeah, that is a great question because that's a big difference between what I think uh, marathon um, is, is versus, you know, uh, ultras are. Ultras, you know, you don't, you, you see people for the first kind of mile or so because we all start together. And then within five miles, you don't see anybody like, you know, um, and you can go hours and hours without seeing anyone. Uh, so you got to be prepared mentally to one. You have to enjoy that. For me, I enjoy like I thoroughly enjoy like out, being in the outdoor all by myself, listening to nature. And just it's like it's like I it's like meditation, right? You oh, just have gosh. a spiritual uh, part of the running begins when there's nobody around you. Um so I've I've started to really enjoy that, which is why I've been able to kind of sustain and and continue to go. Uh, but yeah, you you won't see that, uh, which is why the crew comes into picture and they become important, right? So, um, the, the, when you don't have uh, runners, cheerleaders, you know, your crew is really basically performing all those functions for you. Wow! 
Wow. And how do you know you're going the right path? Are there any markers or anything like that when you're running in this nighttime in a trail in the mountain or something? Yeah, they, they, they do their you know, best to put markers, but the conditions of these trails um, don't make it easy to f- still follow those markers. You know, thunderstorm, like when we had all markers were blown away. So we, we actually, we ended up missing, I ended up missing a couple of turns, but you come back. The unlike uh, the other difference is unlike marathons where you know your success is your pace, right? What's the first question people ask you? What was your pace when you finish a marathon? Here the question is, did you finish or not? So <laughs> so even if you add it up extra, adding extra five miles, like all my hundred miles, even though I say hundred, they were more than hundred and five because you you miss certain directions, you had to come back or you took a little detour unknowingly. Um, but it doesn't matter because the success is, yeah, we completed that. We ultimately hit the finish line. What pace, what time we took, it isn't as, as much important um, as probably in marathon it is. Yeah. Wow. Some golden nuggets here, guys. Running, when it becomes meditation, you know, then it is not running. You are within yourself, in your deep in your thoughts, thinking about having that me time. This time here, it is literally me time, as in nobody's around you. You know, when we experience me time, it's more like we are running and we're just in our thoughts, but we have thousands of other people doing other things around us. But still, it's a me time. It's like a, a it's like a small kindergarten of me time. What mm-hmm. Sonia is talking about me time is the PhD of me time, which is she's actually me. Lost in her thoughts in the uh, woods. Nobody else she has seen for five or five hours. She might have even lost the course and she's figuring it out. It's like almost like a treasure hunt. To get back to the core trail, I'm assuming you have a phone and stuff, GPS navigating you a little bit with all trails and stuff, or you are, that also is not there. <laughs> uh, the network doesn't work all, most of the times, but you can download the maps and yeah, you go very old school. Like most of the time, I would have a literally a visual map in my hand, and um, you, if you see you are going a little bit off, you have to figure out how to come back. Yeah, it's an adventure. It's this is not just a run, it's an adventure. But what about like in the middle of the night you get lost in wild animals and that type of stuff? I mean, that is all part of the past of the game, is it? When you do that, that, that's what the fun is, Bala. That's where the fun is, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Sonia, you are something else. But that is fantastic. So three races done, 20 plus hours. By now you have sort of experienced in trail running, running alone, figuring out the path and with crew without crew thunder winter summer pretty much you've done everything okay but it looks like that was not enough for you you want to do something more so tell me tell me about your latest adventure what is it that you uh what is it that just happened recently in your life yeah so um after doing hundreds you know i had to take a um you know next step forward so i uh, give me a second did you get tired or not when you finished the 100 miles that or you still felt you could do more so honest answer i pretended i'm tired i was tired because my crew really wanted to see me tired <laughs> but then i i got up next day and, and i started to jog again uh that's when i You're knew that tired. okay you know um probably probably there's more to be tested here you right uh, of human oh. body um oh, and yeah. on, and honestly on a serious note maybe maybe there are some things i need to learn to slow down and really recover so i won't say what i'm doing is perfect uh, but at least my journey began with saying okay I, I i want to see how much a human body can keep going yeah. but it comes with on a serious note it comes with some 
strength training. I mean, there's a lot goes into building the base. So it, it's not like you, anyone, anyone can do it. I, I really believe if you decide anyone can do it. But I do, I do also think that, you know, uh, you still have to have a consistency and, you know, as you know, some discipline in saying, okay, how do you build the, fun- the foundation and the base for continue to add more mileage? And I, I think once you get that basics, which I learned a lot from you, by the way, on those things, um, then, then sky is the limit. I, I really believe that. Awesome. So you saw that, you know, you can still do take on a little bit more. So to, uh, walk us through the thought process of this latest adventure. What is this about? So, yeah, so I, I um, just completed uh, Brazil 135 uh, miles. So this was my first uh, longest 135 mile is my longest distance now, nonstop, um, you know, and uh, I was successfully able to complete it. Uh, so this run um, is uh, on this uh, path of faith. So it's a pilgrimage area uh, in Brazil. So in Brazil, you know, just like in India, you have Amarnath or Vashno Devi, like you have a lot of pilgrimages where people go for religious reasons. So this is their version of that. Um, and many people walk uh, on this path, uh, you know, uh, for, for religious reasons. Uh, so very spiritual, one of the most beautiful run I've ever done. I can say that now. Uh, so, so yeah, so I um, decided to uh, do Brazil um, and just completed it. So this is a 135 mile. Uh, so folks, uh, those of you who are listening in the audio uh, version, um, I'm for the next uh, rest of the podcast, I'll be sharing a screen, my screen. And Sonia, you're able to see my screen as well, right? Yeah. yeah. And we have put together a couple of slides. So uh, but for best experience, I would suggest you should watch it on video so that you can uh, walk through some of the pictures and some of the things that uh, we want to talk about, about this particular race. So this is Brazil 135. Uh, is that the right pronunciation? Camino da Fe? Is that right? Yeah, yeah you got it right. Camino da Fe, the path of faith. So it's a pilgrimage, like guys, for those of, uh, you know, folks who are from India, it's like a Rishikesh Haridwar kind of a pilgrimage that people take in Himalayas. Something similar to that, even Everest Base Camp Trail is like that. It's a pilgrimage trail for some. There's a lot of Buddhist and other sort of temples along the way. And you know, typically mountains are associated with, uh, with, uh, with gods, as we know. And uh, I think this seems to be Brazil's uh, uh, you know, um, equivalent of that, Camino da Fe. And uh, you know, I think it is near, uh, is it Sao Paulo, Rio, somewhere nearby, that mountains, that's where this trail looks like. And talk a little bit about this. Uh, I mean, I'm showing the map here. How does this race, where does it start and where does it end? Yeah, so it it started um, as I think you were pointing out, uh, Sao Jao. I, I I may not be able to pronounce all the cities here in Brazil. Sao Jao da Boa Vista, somewhere. Yes, here. that you got it. Sao Jao da Boa Vista. So that was the city where the start line was. Okay. Uh, very, by the way, very beautiful, nice, smaller, more countryside. So th- this whole trail is more countryside. Okay. So this was a very small town. Um, really nice people beautiful views um so yeah we started we started at 10 a.m uh around um on this and then you continue to see where the uh it's going down towards yeah. the Oops, sorry a map yeah, yeah. so i'm just and, literally and- going through my through my um uh mouse i'm showing so it looks like you came down like this and where did you end uh sonia 
So the the uh, city that begins with P. So you'll have to point yeah. point that and read it for me. Prisiopolis. Yes. Prisiopolis. Exactly. So guys, this is what it is. So she starts off at Sao Jao do Boa Vista, and then follows through this this portion of this trail. You can see. And like that, it's by the way. If you look down, these are like some one, two, three, four, about six or seven hills that she has to negotiate. So she goes up. You can see she goes up, comes down, goes up to a further steep hill, and then comes down like this, and then again and again. There is it's this, it's a mountainous region, and this entire sort of trip is this uh, looks like that is the pilgrimage you are talking about. So you have done a portion of that. Is that fair to yes, say? That's correct. Right. So starts off at Sao Jao da. Pua Vista and ends at pra, uh, uh, Paresiopolis. Got it. And we have some pictures too. Maybe uh, see this beautiful mountainous region. This is mm-hmm. where she's running. <laughs> I think I can see those trails. So is that fair? You're running yeah. into this. I can see some trails here, and here there are some trails here, and walking through, and there are some trails here. Wow! Literally going through the mountains. Really beautiful here, Sonia. Sonia. And look at this. I mean, wow. And I can see you're alone, like you're literally running here alone. You won't see anybody around this area. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. It was a very, again, spiritual, you know, in the nature. You, you know, we were passing cities. We were passing dense jungles. We were passing villages. It was very, it was, there was a lot of variety, but but all the way beautiful. Just beautiful. Look at this. So this is all the trails that she's doing. Um, so beautiful. So, uh, how many days you are expected to finish? Like, you know, if, if let's say someone who joins and is there a time limit for you to finish this race? Yeah. So this official race had a five day limit. So you, um, you know, start on 12th, I believe it started and it was supposed to finish on 17th. So it's still going as we are doing this podcast official <laughs> run. <laughs> So guys are still running and here we have Sonia who's finished it and everything coming and having a chat with me or a beer maybe. (laughs) And so five days is given to people to finish this and you finished it, this 135 miles. How long it took for you, Sonia, to do this? Yeah, so before I go there, so then my goal is was not five days. My goal was less than 48 hours. Um, And here's why, because... This is this race is a, a pre-qualifier for uh, a, a race that's called Bad Water. Uh, but the only way you can qualify for Bad Water um, is if one of the condition, not not the only condition. So one of the things you have to check the boxes. You have to finish this in less than forty-eight hours. So unlike other people who are taking five days, you have less than two days uh, to complete it. So it was I, in my mind, it was pretty aggressive. Um, so I had planned to finish this uh, under 48 hours so that I can fill the bad water application and check the box and said, okay, I met, I met one of the requirements. Wow. Uh, now, uh, what I did not even read in that rules, by the way, that if you are the first uh, winner of this race, you don't even have to apply for the application. You just get a direct entry into the bad water. It's only for the first winners in female and male category um and as you know you know when i started running uh, my goal was less i gotta finish this in 48 hours so that i can put it in the application and then it's still up to judges and the committee to decide whether i'm strong enough to run bad water or not there's tons of conditions you have to meet to run bad water um this was just one of them but um you know uh to my surprise uh even i i uh 
ended up uh, winning this race uh, as number one overall uh, female. Uh, thank you. And uh, so I, as soon as I stopped at the finish line and they told me I was the first overall female finisher, the guy comes to me, the race director, Mario, super nice guy. He says, you just got uh, into the bad border 2023. Now you are running uh, bad border in July. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so that that's, that, that came as a big, big, uh, I would say pleasant surprise, which I'm still processing in my mind as I'm sitting doing this podcast. Um, but yeah, that was that was one of the reasons why I pushed the timing uh, less than 48 hours. Wow. And guys, and we will talk a little bit, maybe Sonia, if you indulge in me, towards the end, let's talk a few minutes on what bad water is for those uninformed about bad water. But suffice sure. it to say, the, it is bad water is termed the toughest uh, foot race in the world. Ultra. It's the toughest ultra in the world. And we'll talk a little bit about that towards the end of this podcast. So you decide to do this in at, at least 48 hours so that you have a chance to apply. It's like this, guys, this for the for the lesser mortals like us, this is the equivalent of Boston qualifier. Yes. <laughs> so yes. She wanted to qualify for this Boston equivalent, which is bad water marathon which is craziness in itself. The way you qualify is do this crazy thing, which is Brazil 135, 135 miles across uh, these mountains. And mind you, uh, this mountain, the total elevation gain is almost 24,000 feet. This race, Brazil Brazil 135. That's what I saw in her Strava mm-hmm. once she completed it. 24,000 feet is, uh, for, is like Annapurna 1, Altitude is about 24,000 feet, which I'm trying to go around it and I'm going to feel very proud about it. But this girl actually climbed one Annapurna or in another way of saying it is that the tallest mountain in contiguous United States is Mount Whitney, which is at about 15,000 feet. So this is like almost 9,000 feet more than the highest point in the U.S. Uh, So 24,000 feet is a crazy altitude to negotiate in 135 miles. And she and she's expected to do that. And her only goal was 48 hours. Somehow make that 48 hours. And because Sonia doesn't know otherwise, she goes, crushes it, and actually wins and sets a course record for uh, all, not just this year, across in the history of this race on the women category. And how long it took for you, Sonia? So it took me. They're still calculating it. Um, I think the uh, it seems like I I, I would uh, finish anywhere around uh, 28, uh, 20, 29. Worst case, 29 hours. My best case is 28 hours, some, some few minutes. So, um, God. so you have a 21-hour 100-miler that she did in uh, this northern California. Then she did a 20, 20, uh, 22-hour uh, in mm-hmm. the other one in the, that, that, you know, rainy stuff. Then around, I think, was it 24 or something in Miami? So, uh, I think 21. Uh, 21. 21. So these, and that is 100 miler. And she does a 28, 29 mile, 135. So she adds another 35 miles uh, and another few hours, 29 miles. And this is continuous running, right, Sonia? Yeah, this is this is continuous five marathons, one after the other. Yeah, no breaks. <laughs> five <laughs> back-to-back marathons. No sleep, just hitting it. I don't know my head. I, I, my hair, hair is rising. My brain is clouded right now. Just, uh, you know, um, the understanding the magnitude of what you did. So, so Sonia, let's take the next five minutes or so. 
let's actually walk through these five full marathons. We want to get into your head. What was your, what happened in those five full marathons back to back? Any tidbits, any little bit inside would be really nice uh, if you don't mind. So why don't we do that? So what I did audience, just to guide this conversation, I went to a Strava profile for this race, took a snapshot of her splits and then made it into five slides or five full marathons. And let's go one full marathon after full marathon. And let's enjoy this experience along with Sonia. So here you go. First full marathon, 26 miles. Um, I mean, just as a coach, maybe I just give you a coach view first. And you tell me what was the thing. When I look at this as a coach, I look at the elevation here. There are some miles that are 325, 400, 500, 572 feet elevation gain. That means she's literally climbing small, small hills. And when I look at the picture here, you can see it's a pretty steep climb. Huge climb. So she's negotiating all of that. And I see, look at her heart rate. You know, I think off the block, heart rate seems to be quite high, around 170 average. And then she realizes that. She pulls back. And then it's sort of stabilizing around the 140, 150 mark. Splits-wise, she's off the races at nine-minute mile. <laughs> and then she realizes, hello, I'm doing a full mara ultra here. So she kind of brings it back around the 12 to 15 minute mark and she goes. That's how I would assess this. Sonia, what was your experience? Yeah, no, you, you're actually, you read it pretty accurately, I have to say. A, a couple of things, you know, I, um, going into this, I, there was pre-planning done, right? One of the things I had um, discussed, uh, like defining my strategy, um, you know, so-called uh, for the race was leveraging my strength and living in California, you know, we have a lot of rolling hills here and I'm, I, I practice those a lot. My training involved doing a lot of hill training and, um, you know, especially on rolling hills. So my strategy going into that was, um, you know, take advantage of my strength and uh, kind of, kind of push as much as I could, but watch your kind of heart rate and not overdo it, but not like I didn't have to necessarily walk all the hills. Right. Um, until I feel I had to walk, I would walk. Uh, but the idea was to kind of slow down, uh, but still, still have a pretty decent pace um, ba- based on my training. And then flat was where my comfort zone is like, um, you know, and, and flat, I, I just felt, especially after doing these hills, wherever I find flat, the idea was to pick up the pace and kind of push a little bit more accelerator button and, and, and catch up, you know, without again, overtiring yourself, um, you know, listen to your body constantly. And, and then very steep areas where it was all, almost, I, I would even say like, it was very, very difficult, almost impossible to run, right, is when you kind of slow down and you catch your breath and give other muscles a break the running muscles and kind of uh, do more power walk um you know and even during downhills the idea was wherever you uh, see just do more power walk so so i had all these kind of things planned in my head now it was a matter of okay when you actually see the course like where do you say okay push accelerator where you do just the average run um, you know uh, decent pace and where you you really slow down and and pull back um so it was a combination of those three things that you're seeing. Um, you're right, though. I did I did start pretty fast. I think it was just my excitement, just normal. Uh, and 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 then I started observing my heart rate. And uh, at some point, I had to remind myself this is not you know this is not sustainable. So I had to pull back, as you see, after six mile. I think I start to pull back a little bit and kind of preserve more energy uh, because right. I knew it was 
had long way to go. Absolutely, I see that, and I see that in this first twenty-six mile, you have a section mile ten, five hundred and seventy-two feet of elevation in one mile. That's pretty steep, and you pull back and you start providing just seventeen, almost eighteen-minute mile, uh, and then you when when you see the drop, you pick up and do a sub ten. Um, but then I also see a one minute, uh, uh, three laps. What's the story? What's happening there? 126, 140, 129, mile 18, 19 and 20. Yeah, these were the miles. Uh, it, there was one section of the trail that was uh, completely flooded with water, which um, literally a minute before, you know, I uh, touched that uh, the government ha- uh, of Brazil had announced the state park had announced closure of that section. So they had to, um, literally my crew had to pick me up from this point and drive me to the next point, which is around mile 21, you see. Um, so so there's a little bit of break. I, I think my I didn't uh, close my garment because I wanted the continuous path to be captured. Um, so that's where, you know, they drove me uh, and they immediately dropped me to the next station and I pick up uh, running from there on. Okay. And then, so you have to run these three miles towards the end, a little extra. That's now, now the, the interesting part is these three miles were supposed to be very flat, you know, which was kind of exciting for me, right? It's like, okay, these are easy three miles in my training. Um, but because those were now closed and, you know, they were got replaced by me sitting in car, the three miles they added were extremely steep and the, probably the most challenging three miles of the race. <laughs> so, yeah. So also the distance wise, I think it was still 135-ish. I, I, I think it was, a, it turned out to be a much more challenging race due to the detour. Wow, man. See, like guys, I mean, audience, um, see, one of the things we always touch on is long distance running is also about problem solving. You know, yes. it's not just about like, you know, you train and just keep on running. No, nothing. I mean, during races, there is nothing called keep on running. You will be thrown things that you never got exposed to before. And you got to like think through it and just uh, make decisions and, you know, not lose the plot, so to speak, the larger plot. Now, that if that is uh, a, a small thing in marathons, in ultras, that problem is like multiplied many, many times because you have to do for a long period of time. You will have issues, blisters, dehydration, these kind of like, you know, natural disasters. And it takes leadership to sort of keep your head above the water, so to speak, and just look at the larger picture, you know, and then don't lose heart and then just come back and just do what you have to do. Keep on doing the small basic things right again and again and again. And then big things happen like what has happened. Oh, fantastic. But we're just getting started. That's full marathon one. Uh, now let's go to the second full marathon, which is mile uh, 27 to 52. And when I look again, as I, as I look through this as a coach, when I look at these figures, again, I see there is like a huge elevation uh, from mile 27 to mile 32, continuous elevation. I'm looking at the altitude map here. It appears this section. And this looks like a skyscraper right now. Literally a skyscraper, mile after mile after mile of just continuous elevation gain. And I see that you are hunkering down, but not letting it go completely. 16, 17 minutes, 15 to 17 minute miles. You're delivering. And then there is a steep drop. And then seems to be a lot of flats. And you're picking up. And then suddenly on these flats, you give the 10 minutes, 10 minute miles. And uh, you 325, 343 and all that. And then... 
yeah, I think you're just delivering it. You're powering through this portion. Heart rate is also in very nice rhythm here. Um, what is your assessment here on mile two, uh, full marathon two? Yeah, so tec- technically, this was the most difficult marathon, uh, terrain-wise. It, as you picked up, if you see that peak, right, that this was the longest uphill in any of those marathons. Um, and there, the downhill was uh, e- equally steep. So it was pretty steep uphill and downhill. Um, so as I said, like, you know, I was watching more of heart rate and adjusting my pace accordingly. The key here was to not kill your quads and, and save them for later. Um, so this was a, a bit more focus on making sure, you know, I um, use my muscles wisely. Um, and I think the wherever they were rolling hills, so after steep uphill, downhills, that's where I, you know, I was picking up the pace. So it was, uh, you know, there's, as you said, it's problem solving. It's also like balancing act, right? right? At what point you pull back because you want your muscles to stay, you know, pretty healthy um, because there's long more distance. But then, you know, if you're a little bit more um, kind of focused on saying, okay, I kind of keep going, um, wherever I find rolling hills, I was picking up the pace and was not stopping or slowing down. Got it. So one interesting thing I'm seeing here, Sonia, like mile 41, there is a 675 feet descent. That means you are, I think I'm looking at the picture here. It's like a fantastic descent here. And you're making good uh, use of that. You're giving a 10 minute almost a 10 minute split, which is, that means you're just making use of the descent. But the mile just before that seems to be a flat 22 feet descent only. And, but you're, that's a, there's a 20 minute mile seems to be the longest uh, stretch for you on a mile split basis. Was that a rest area or something like that that was happening? You remember anything around that mile 40? I think this is where I had a, a lunch break. I did not stop, but I slowed down significantly so that I can get my meal in. Uh, so there were portions, there are sections. Most of my sections where I ate was either um, slide downhill, not steep, because that steep downhill, you just couldn't kind of stop at, enough to um, eat. But uh, areas where, you know, I had downhill, I stopped and kind of picked up my Ziploc with food and, you know, eating as I'm walking along. Got it. Got it. That's what I, I expected. So my 40, she has a good... Uh, if not good, some lunch, some energy. Of course, yeah. managing nutrition is key, right? In these kind of races, large races. Um, without nutrition, you're toast very soon. So she finishes two full marathons at this point, guys. And when I look at this altitude map, she has negotiated two huge hills and she's roaring down. She's somewhere at the bottom of this hill. That's how it looks like. Uh, second full marathon here. And uh, let's go to a third full marathon. This is I mean, my head is spinning right now. That is almost 52 miles to 78 miles. And when I look at her splits, this looks, Sonia, this looks look like my full marathon splits right now. <laughs> Which is like, you know, I had 12, 30 minute splits. Um, and I'm looking at some serious drops, 754 feet drop in one of the miles. I think even coming, running down is also not that easy, right? When you look at ultras. Okay. What is your opinion? There are two or three miles with major drops. So how are you negotiating and how was your experience there? Yeah, the actually downhills were much more challenging than uphill. Uh, you know, I had heard that, but this was the first time when you saw like, it was cobblestone, like concrete. They were not even dirt. Uh, so so you're just kind of going down very steep hills. And then, and I think somewhere around this uh, marathon, um, you know, as I said, I had a pacer. One of the pacers was a local Brazilian that I had gotten help from. 
and he started to show me like how horses hop you know how horses do like hop as opposed to like going down consistently so i experimented a few different ways to do a downhill uh, and i learned a lot by the way from observing how local brazilians was doing it so i was actually watching some of the local brazilian because that was their trail in the neighborhood you know um and they were using very different techniques to do these downhills um so once i actually got to kind of see how they were doing it i actually very quickly learned on the spot uh, from 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 that at that and i was experimenting somewhere around this uh, full marathon 3 some of those different styles of coming downhill awesome and what i'm seeing fascinating is your heart rate is sort of stabilized to almost 120 to 130 range what's going on here you know i feel like you are in a absolute rhythm about is that what it means when your heart rate is like when i look at look at mile 74 75 76 your heart rate is 120 125 126 average what's happening here you are like feeling really comfortable is that the understanding here yeah so i have to be very honest i was not looking at my heart rate throughout this I, except for the first section when it kind of peaked uh, quite a bit and i could feel it i go with feeling and i will tell you my recollection of this and and pretty much i would say even the other section is i was just enjoying it one of my ground rules which i've learned from you again you know having done some hikes with you the my, i had three ground rules the first one was have a lot of fun just take it all in take the beauty enjoy and just as a solo runner like just just be in the nature yeah. and the second was was be safe like don't do anything completely stupid like you know to put you at risk and and third was still you know a little bit i had to hit my target right 48 hours i had to be in quite right. bad water <laughs> so uh so balancing that was kind of the key and i remember um the, during this run especially three i just it was so beautiful that i was i was just i just wanted to keep going i i remember my pacers and my crew saying slow down slow down you're you might you know burn yourself down and i'm like saying guys i'm just having so much fun like i i just want to keep going <laughs> I can see that Sonia. I mean just one look at your heart rate profile here. I feel like you are in the zone running. You know, you are not yeah. breathing yeah. enjoying it. your body is enjoying it. You so what it is 78 miles. That's just a number. It doesn't mean anything to me. It's about me communicating with my body and soul and we yeah. are in perfect unison. When that happens, your body is like this perfect you know, um reciprocating engine. It is in full flow. chicken is delivering eating delivering and you know wow that's the meditative state i lo- it looks like this is the meditative zone here um, mm-hmm. um cool so for next marathon again uh looking at similar profile some big ups and downs and looking at mile 70 to 100 79 to 104 so 80 to 104 i think this section here uh again some ups and downs may not be too high but still there's lots it's not a flat by any stretch of imagination looks like um, your fourth full marathon how what was your remembrance of this section yeah the first half of this was um, you know fun i think i do hit and any runner would hit hits that valley right as you've um, you've seen uh, so i i do recall during this run is when i hit my kind of the bottom <laughs> it was around i would say somewhere around um, 95 so if you see 97 yes 35 minute yeah. mile and a 581 feet elevation 35 minute that's the largest uh, sort of split it looks like this this yeah so around 95 to 99 was my 98 was my kind of the the 
bottom I had hit. Like whether it's my pace slowing down mentally, like I'm saying, okay, how much more mile? Um, so I, I, I recall ha- having that. Uh, and, and now I'm seeing it. Yeah, the elevation was probably fatiguing me at that point as well. It, it was not an easy. Um, um, the hills were pretty brutal on this one. Um, but then as I hit 100, that's when I gained my momentum back because mentally now you're counting down, right? After 100, it's like, okay, now now 100 is over. Now I have 35 more to go. And so you start <laughs> to kind of subtract now. <laughs> Guys, it's like full marathon is coming to 22nd mile and thinking, oh God, only four miles. For her, she's thinking only 35 miles more. <laughs> it's all in the mind, guys. I'm telling you, brain is so powerful. Oh my goodness. And, 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 and audience, when she says this 97 mile, that 35 minute, I'm looking at the picture here. This is 100 miles. So around this area is 100 miles. So, or in other words, she's negotiating this literally i i don't know it feels like a 70 80 degree steep <laughs> climb up you know it looks like a ladder almost and she's negotiating that uh, and back to back such two miles like that 383 feet elevation 581 feet elevation climb uh, my mind boggling absolutely mind boggling so it can we say this is your equivalent of hitting the wall a little bit yes yes that's exactly it was absolutely so she hits the wall and then somehow she, you know, hunkers down because I can look at her pace. She 35 minute mile. I think she somehow gets that mile done. And then there's a lot of downhill and flat after that. So she picks it up slowly and mentally she's psyching herself out for the last marathon mm-hmm. at the end of the race. And that seems like this. Wow. What's, what's the story here, Sonia? Yeah. So the first one is when, um, Again, my strategy was to pick up the pace on on fifth. And uh, this is where, um, you know, when I entered the the fifth, um, I had had decided that I'm going to run as much as I can now. Like whatever is left, you got to use now, right? This is the time to uh, use all the the gas that's left in the tank. Um, So, uh, and then this is also the point, uh, by the way, where I had just crossed so we, I, I was the on the top female. I would say pretty much first marathon, second marathon, third. Uh, third is when I started to see the second second um, runner up. We were like hitting. Uh, we was kind of next to next to each other. So there was a little bit of that. Uh, fourth is when she crossed me. Um, you remember when I hit the bottom? Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. she passed me, and and my mind. I just wanted to get up and just like sprint to just uh, make sure I don't let her pass me. But then I reminded myself, this is race with yourself. This is not, if she's stronger and she ends up being the winner, I actually want to congratulate her and learn from her. Right. So I had to tell myself, ease off, like run your own, you know, race, no pressure. Uh, So I let her pass me. uh, And I was happy with that. And then, um, Another woman passed me. I was absolutely cold, you know. Uh, but then when I hit fifth, uh, you know, my idea was like, okay, now just just go and just use whatever is left in your tank because this is this is. And I I mentally had prepared to run fifth as if this was my only marathon I'm running. So forget all the four that you have done. Mentally, just don't even think you have run four. Just think you just showed up at the start line and you have a marathon to go. How will you run? So that's how I kind of had to reset my brain and said, okay, we have just a marathon, 26 miles, just run as if you run any marathon. Um, 
and 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 what happened was within five miles first five miles of this i passed both of them and never saw them again <laughs> what is mind-blowing here for me in the fifth marathon here is there is this section here sonia i'm sure you remember this mile 109 to mile 114 or somewhere around it's brutal hills like two like devastatingly downhill 560 feet 470 feet and then there is the 600 feet elevation mile coming up and that's where you are like 23 minutes and you are just like down and dusted in mile 111 and i look at this portion here guys look at this it's like uh, some shark's teeth up down up down and it's just crushing you and then after that another 800 feet of down after the 600 feet elevation and i'm looking at this and you somehow survive this section and then come down to the bottom section at mile 125 126 127 128 you're giving a sub 10 are you kidding me <laughs> i mean this is true beast mode you know 126 127 128 even though it's a downhill but still sub 10 at that point in the race is truly commendable and with that you come to the last sexy 10 miles Oh, last sexy 10 miles and where how is this going in the last sexy 10 miles yeah the these are honestly just non-stop continue to run but you know it, it's like visualization right i was visualization i was visualizing the finish line at that point my beer and my burger and 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 an indian india flag at the finish line honestly that's what was motivating me at this point because i could see i i i had i had my crew had told me i was a um I, I was at the top uh, female at that time. I was probably amongst the top three overall during this time. Uh, so honestly, at this point, it was I was already like in the mindset of okay, I want to I want to see um, people saying okay, you know, small Asian woman can also uh, win a brutal race. <laughs> that, that was the motivation and why. And I was actually pretty I was pretty excited during these last ten miles. Mala, you're on mute. Sorry, sorry. Uh, you can hear me? Yeah. No, I said, now you're running for history. You're not running for yourself anymore. You know, it's like, uh, okay, let me go for the kill. So what my body is paining? So what everything is paining? It doesn't matter to me. If I've done this far, I can do the last 10 more miles. And when I look at these 10 miles, I can see sheer bliss. Because when I look at the map, Sonia, it's not as if the last 10 miles was flat. Even no. the last ten miles is killer. Oh Lord! It's just... there were five hills. I remember I was told there were five hills up and down, and they were pretty steep. Uh, so my and my crew kept telling me it's like okay, five more hills at ten. When ten miles left, he said we just only have five more hills. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's great. I mean, hundred and thirty seventh mile or lap around the hundred and thirty five mile, you have a three hundred and seventy nine feet elevation mile. Oh God, that will be so excruciating. And you can see nineteen minute mile, you just pull it through, and then once you get down, you get the eleven minute, twelve minutes, and boy, you finish. How was how was the feeling when you crossed the finish line? Did you know that you won it, and did you know you set the course record at that time? No, not at all. I, I knew I had won the, uh, as a top female because I was the first female um, to finish. And I was happy with that. Um, 
the two things I didn't realize when I crossed that finish line. Second is that I automatically qualify for bad water. So as I said, when he the race director congratulates me and said, now you're going to be running bad water in July. I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought it was going to be next July <laughs> because I, I was training for bad water. That was my goal. But in my mind, I had 18 months to train for it because I thought this would be just one thing I had to check and I still have a lot more to do. But because I ended up being winner, all those other qualification uh, requirements are not applicable anymore. Are they not required? Those are all waived off now. So I automatically made it to Badwater this year. Um, so my, the, my second thought was, holy shit, like how I'm going to do this 18 months training now in five months, right? <laughs> so I, I still haven't figured that out. Uh, and then 10 minutes later, I didn't know that I actually had left the finish line because I just um, wanted to be with my crew and so, so we anyway we left and reached our hotel I got a call uh, and the guy said um, you know you, you have no idea what you did I said what happened he's like you are the fastest female runner ever to cross this course in, in less than 30 hours actually oh, and how many years this uh, this course this race has been on 20 years roughly this was so proud yeah. of you, Sonia. I don't even know like how to, I, if, if I wish we had this live, I would have given like a tight hug uh, to for this in, un, incredible achievement. I mean, you've lifted so many people's spirits with just this and I'm sure people who are listening will also feel so good. Someone whom we can relate to is not like a Kipchoge that we know they, they are great, but you know, I can't relate to Kipchoge because I feel he's just some other world he's coming from. But Sonia is our friend who is just is like a mom, a mom of 15 year old who has never been a runner before. Uh, she even thought about running just maybe 10, 15 years ago or 12 years ago in the US. When in India, she was never running or anything. And here you go. And then you do these kind of incredible things that just shows the power of mind over body. It's all about mind and Absolutely. concentration and focus and enjoying what you do. If you can enjoy what you do, you can do great things. That's really what it is all about. Uh, I mean, you said a little bit about uh, uh, bad water. Maybe let's spend last two minutes and then I'll stop sharing the screen and we can, you know, I know I've already we've talked a lot on this. But this is bad water. Maybe a few words about bad water. What is bad water and why is this a big deal, Sonia? So as you, as you described, bad water is considered the toughest, um, you know, race on the planet. Uh, primarily for... Uh, Two reasons. One, it starts the, uh, from the lowest um, point in the United States, Death Valley, uh, to the highest, um, you know, uh, going to the Whitney portal. Uh, and then secondly, it is an extreme weather condition. So the temperature, average temperature during that time, which is in July, um, is it runs around like 130 degree um, Fahrenheit, um, you know, give and take, it can change. Uh, and by the way, uh, because it's in desert, it's extremely dry heat, um, which can can have its own challenges. Um, so I think that's, you know, to me, that's what I want to test, as I said, how far you can go. Uh, so this was, this is my next test. Uh, the race now I'm committed to uh, run in July, It actually starts on July 5th, uh, ends in, you know, six or seven, somewhere around that. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna be my fourth of July weekend uh, now running Bad Water 135. My God, I'm just look at this, look at this, uh, this picture I'm showing, guys. 
it starts off here and look at the elevation. We just talked about elevation climb and all that. This is like next level elevation climb. <laughs> you just climb one mountain, come down and then just keep going up and up and up and steep and then end at Whitney Portal, which is like I've been through Whitney Portal. It's pretty, pretty, you know, up in the mountain out there. And if you look at the map, it starts off at this lowest point and it's so hot. I've been there when we went to Whitney, we went there just for us, yeah. like a, just as a visitor. I couldn't stand there for more than three minutes. My head was sort of kind of like spinning the heat because the mountains all around, it radiates the heat right into this, this uh, lowest point of the United States. And it is like furnace. And, uh, you know, I've read uh, some of the articles here, the road temperature, the tar temperature goes sometimes up to 180 degrees Fahrenheit. Or in other words, the tar actually starts melting. So the runners have to run on the white paint. That is the only place where it is not melting. So the shoes doesn't get stuck. We are talking real serious stuff here, guys. And you start off with this bad water and just go through these blue lines and then blah, 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 and then go and then finish off in this mountain, Mount Whitney Portal. This is the toughest marathon. So all our, uh, you know, I'll stop sharing for now so that we can see, uh, you know, we can see you also. All our best wishes, you know, God's, uh, we'll, we'll all pray for you. This is a serious thing. Of course, you need to train and you know you will do it. And you will train for it. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll figure something out in terms of your support crew and all that. We will do something together. Uh, but if somebody can do it, it is you, Sonia. Uh, this one, if somebody can do it, it's you. Um, and uh, what I mean, even thinking about it and coming close to it itself is an achievement. And I know you will do it. Uh, so, Sonia, I'm, for the first time in my life, I'm actually, I don't know what to say. I'm loss of words. Uh, I'm so glad that you are in our lives um, and you're such a humble person. What is so beautiful about you is you make it seem as if it's just a, okay. It's not as if I did anything great, but let me tell you, you did great. You... No, Bala, I have to, I have to say I, my journey literally began with you inspiring me to just run uh, more than probably I had ever thought. And, and, and I think I would never forget. And I'm always so grateful for this, community and what you're doing and you know all the friends we have now common um who share this kind of passion uh and i would say i still don't know how i'm gonna do uh, bad water but what i've learned from all these experiences you just have to say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do it you know obviously there's gonna be research some training involved right you, you, there's no shortcut you have to you still have to work hard uh and train uh but my goal is to, again, go there, show up at the start line, make sure I have fun and uh, not let any problems stop me. And, um, you know, rest, we'll see what happens. So I, I definitely would want to connect with any of you who can give me any advice and tips. Please, I welcome that <laughs> because yeah. I've never run bad water. I have never experienced such extreme weather conditions for running Um but honestly, I, I, that's what's getting me excited. I'm looking forward to learning more from this experience as well. We will. We will. This is this is going to be a team joint effort. We're going to be. It's going to be an incredible 2023 July for you. It's an Independence Day month, and it's going to be like you know you're going to be in, in a different stratosphere already. Um, on behalf of all of us, I just want to say congratulations. Thank you for inspiring. You know how many girls, guys. Uh, Indian friends putting the our uh, you know Indian um, uh, you know map uh, in the among the things. I mean, there's so many things uh, that you know it's a first. 
And um, I know that people who are listening to this are will be energized. Already they are energized. All my coaches, they look up to you. All our runners look up to you. And so, Sonia, as I said, I don't have much, many more words except to say that you are our hero and a, and a quick salute to you for your achievements. May the God be with you. May all, you know, health and everything is uh, aligned for you. And uh, let's make this year a truly glorious success. And thank you for your time and sharing. Thank you so much, Bala. Thanks for this opportunity too. Thanks a lot. Take care. Okay.